What's up, everybody? It's Deanna J, and you are tuned into the Life D-Style Podcast. Where some people go to school and just work. I never went to school and just worked on schoolwork. I never went to school and solely focused on being a student. I literally lived two separate lives. I went to school full-time. I went to work full-time in each job. And sometimes I took on more responsibilities in different roles in various places. I literally tried to be at more places than one at one time. And sometimes it works. The most important thing, not necessarily, was the money. That wasn't the most important thing. And I always would equate it to being money. Because in each role that I took on, I found there being a raise or me making more money than the last position. But the most important takeaway from working so much and working in different roles was the knowledge that I received. I'll say the knowledge as well as the relationships with people to truly understand a person, to be able to have a conversation and carry on a conversation, and even to just be able to to say, hey, how you doing? To be kind, to have a relationship with a person that really, I believe, takes you a very, very, very long way. So my most recent job prior to my current job was very, very fluent. Had to be very fluent with a wide array of people from different ages, uh, different backgrounds. But I will say that they all looked like me. We all was black. And that's the disadvantage that you have in America. Going to college, studying business, I learned very quickly that we, a minority, those who live within the poverty line, I think I live just a smidge above, we are not equipped with the knowledge that we need to to know how to have our own, to build our own, and to sustain our own. At one point in time, we did. And so I will never discredit us in saying that we're not brilliant, we're not intelligent, we're not strong and, and courageous because we are. So in the 60s, even if you look at Memphis, the city of Memphis, and our economics in the infrastructure line, you look at neighborhoods like Orange Mound, which was the most successful African-American neighborhood in America right here in Memphis. Also around that time, you have the sanitation worker strike. You have people declaring their rights and needs for sustainability. But you also have the incarceration rates rising. You have strong political black leaders demanding our rights. You have the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King right here in Memphis, and you see the decline of economics. I am a product of Memphis City Schools. Memphis City School System no longer exists. It's now Shelby County School Systems, for which a long time there were two school systems closely in relevance to one another, but the education and what was being received was declined. We learn in history about people who don't look like us, who don't have the same make as us, who are not doing the, don't have the same need as us, period. Some things I wish I would have learned in school, like farming and more agriculture, and even economics on a broader 
wavelength, but I grasped what I grasped and understood what I understood while balancing and maintaining all of the things that I balanced and maintained. With that being said, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be in the entertainment business, the entertainment industry, the business that I like to acquire or obtain is going to take a whole lot of money. However, I can cut down the overhead and the middleman on a lot of things if I know a lot of things. So I learned about fashion. I love fashion. It's a passion. People in the entertainment business are very fashionable and are able to have and sustain their own clothing line because they have a following of supporters who will support them. My first job was at American Tuxedo. I I did pageants in middle school. I ran for Miss Teen Memphis. So I love formal. I love elegance. I love class. I I just, I love the betterment of, of people. So selling tuxedos for me meant that I got to sell the outfit that you gonna wear all year out of all the college that's gonna look the flyers. And I had a touch on that. So that was an exquisite touch. I then on went to sell prom dresses. I used to model and I modeled this gorgeous apple green sparkling dress in a fashion show. I also modeled a wedding dress, mm. but the dress came from Elegance Boutique in South Haven. So she gave me a job selling dresses and that was fun because so many girls we struggle from self-esteem issues with our body and wanting to look the way that you know media portrays somebody to be and I modeled like I literally modeled and in that me being a teenage model I was faced with a lot of adversaries I ain't never been a size six maybe but no I ain't never been a size six with that being said I've always been plus size so I wasn't gonna get you know, picked up for gigs, for major shows, or major print ads. Definitely not print because that's where it really stick. So I finagled through what I was doing as a professional, 14, 15, 16 years old, as a model in the industry, knowing what I was up against. But with my mind, I said, that's not going to stop me. I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to create a whole new scene i'm changing the game where you can be a plus size model but you can be slim thick you can be fly you can rock your outfit and still shut shit down like that was my mindset at that age so i progressed i got my first gig as a commercial model Commercial was dope because you got to move, you got to smile. I love movement. I love body. I love, I love sound, which goes back to the whole entertainment thing and music. So commercial was dope. On set, I had a makeup artist and a hair artist who I'm, I guess I've learned now was probably a SAG member, but she did not know how to curl my hair. I had weave. I had some leave out. It was the blending. It was the whole process of being snatched and laid. My hairstylist at the time was very occupied with being a college student. She had obligations. She had a tinsel, so she couldn't get to me. And I was like, oh, my God, like, my look 
because at that time I felt like I had created a look and yeah it was weak but I was also transitioning in high school I started in 2010 from relaxed hair to natural that was the decision that I made so I'm just like oh my god this lady don't know how to do my hair she do not know how to do my hair lord what am I gonna do and I kept getting booked to shoot these commercials it was like one and then there was another and the next thing you know like I'm in these things like ugh, flexing so I had to learn how to do my hair and I got good at it and people liked it and people was like girl you look good so I started doing other people's hair and that was my business I saw how lucrative it was I was learning more about products I was learning more about hair I was learning more about the market and what worked and what didn't work in prices and how long it'll last so the the quality the quality of the hair disregard the packaging I was really at that time analyzing and gravitating towards supply chain economics marketing business in a total stand front that this can be something to sustain me to get to where I'm trying to be in life so I continue doing that as a thing for me because I needed it regardless if anybody else benefited from it you know that mattered but it really didn't matter I still had to have my hair done I still had to look cute I still had to know the products that I was using, what worked for me and what didn't work for me. But at the same time, I welcomed those close and around me who wanted my expertise to even learn them. Like, nobody that I touch has had the same texture of hair. Same length, same hair color, same porosity, same diet, same mindset, same body structure. None of that has been the same. So it's giving me the credibility and the honor to learn women, to really learn that that audience, which is my audience. So I worked at Forever 21 in college. That was my job, like my freshman year. I also worked at Banana Republic, two totally different companies, totally different you know, product line, audiences, Banana Republic sold men clothing, but they sold women clothing, more geared to a conservative business professional. Forever 21 was Forever 21. You got colors, you got like a skateboard chick, you got a cute chick, you got the thought chick, you got the party, party girl, you got the flower child. It was something for everybody. In different sizes um there were actually i want to say like six to seven brands under the umbrella of forever 21 so you have plus size i know when i left men came about with so many different avenues and me and my cousin kimmy we worked together i would be in the fitting room at that time i was having a lot of uh, problems with my L4 and L5 nerves so I had to wear a knee brace I was going to doctors trying to figure out you know what's going on like it'll be days where I couldn't walk but I was also doing hair I was also a new a first-time student I, I was really going through a lot of pressures and stresses of life that at that time I didn't really know how to deal with or didn't even know what I was dealing with was just living life and going through the motions
but I knew what I loved and I knew what I was passionate about and fashion was my passion. I got to come to work fly every day. It wasn't no dress code. I think just clothes, toes, shoes, nothing can be too short, no cleavage, boom, that's cute. I like giving you, you know, what meets the eye without giving you too much of what's mine. So, I'll be in the dressing room. My cousin Kimmy will be on the cash register or she'll be up front. And we would tag team, literally, literally tag team. Like, if somebody needed an outfit for a birthday party, their best friend birthday party, first day wedding, back to school party, you name it. Like, we was on it. And we would put stuff together. She'll watch the fitting room for me to run out on the floor and grab something that I probably seen earlier. I look at somebody up and down, like, gauge their size you're like okay this about your size i got cold at that when i was you know fitting dudes for prom like looking at their waist to be able to tell what their waist and their jacket size would be but the more you do something the, the better you get you get at it so i'm running across the store finding outfits kimmy got outfits we like yeah girl that's cute that's not cute that's ugly on the hanger try it on it's gonna be cute when you put it on Wear this as some accessories. Do this to your hair. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm, mm. And you'll see these people come back. And it was not just like, oh, I'm about to run in here and get some clothes. I felt like it was an experience. The store got larger. It moved to a larger space in the Wolf Chase Mall. I love, uh, oh, yeah. So I got, we're going to talk about that. I got another job. So I left or... I think I had to take off at that time to get my leg in order, to get my body in order. But I left. The store got larger. Kimmy went on to do major things in the store. They got a men's department. Like, life just be lit. So when I left there, I know my second semester in college had came up. My first semester, I hated it. I had a boyfriend. We went to Vandy. He was pledging. He had no time for me. We broke up. He was my first love. I was so sad. But girl, listen, second semester, I decided that I would try to like Memphis better. Like I would give my school a better chance. I didn't want to go to school at home, but I did what was life. So I put in an application to be a RA, and I also I also started doing hair, like really doing hair. Instagram was just like on the cuffs of really peaking at that time. So I had an Instagram, and I changed my name from that that <laughs> to. To cold, so that that was like I got that that oh that was my name my name was I got that that and that that is that 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 thing that nobody else has that thing that you know make you stand out in a room that thing that I have people mad at you that don't know why they mad at you loving you and they can't figure out why they love you but it was that that so my teacher gave me that name who's not my Sora. And so that was my name coming out of high school, getting out of high school, bullying, high school girl, drama mentality. Like I said, I've always been focused on my goals. I was modeling in, but still dealing with the outside world and bloop, 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 bloop. But Instagram was like a little outlet at that time. So I changed my name from I got that that to cold because I was cold hearted. My heart was broken. My dude was pledging to be an alpha. I knew he was pledging to be an alpha, but... 
I ain't know nothing about Greek life or ice cold, nothing. I knew how I felt, and I felt cold. Like, bruh. Like, like, there's no point in me living anymore. Like, I couldn't drive down the street. I drive down the street. That we drive down the street together, I'd be crying. If I went somewhere we went together, I'd be crying. Like, I couldn't stop crying. Like, I just felt cold. So, that's how I was. Don't approach me. Don't talk to me. I'm cold. So, that was my name, but, you know, I couldn't deny I was still fly. Like, my hair was still on point. I started doing other people's hair. They was fly, lay, snatch. I was trying different things. Like, it wasn't a limit. Like, I was just throwing myself into everything. Like, diving head, head deep. I was a runway coach for the African Student Association fashion show. I got to work with a phenomenal artist model designer um i got to wear some dope designers in the show i got my face beat by trinica goods because then she was a makeup artist and when i say beat i mean like i felt like a, a harajuku tokyo model like just banking but i was thick too you know everything was sitting right in the feet i'm like this is this is the model stuff that i'm talking about i just did everything like everything that i wanted to explore i explored i got involved i made friends i went to things on campus i got to meet people being behind the scenes i did here for the kappa alpha psi fraternity pageant with my sister my god sister was like the coordinator so i was just backstage you know doing final looks touching up people curling boom 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 okay you look cute you know anything you need help taking off a dress putting on a dress all that stuff because that was like what i was used to i'm used to the stage life so being behind the scenes kind of like put me on the scenes and put me and being on the scene kind of put me behind the scenes so everything just worked interchangeably and my sophomore year, I had gotten an RA position, which I was afraid I wouldn't because I hadn't lived on campus prior to. But I'm like, I'm going to just go in here, be real, be myself. And I got it. So I got to decorate. And my my floor was decorated in like a 90s, um, 90s music film theme. Theme. I did A Different World because it was the 25th anniversary of the show, A Different World. And I love that show because it was like black acting, just, you know, power and love and light and fashion. So I put these little cassette tapes on my, my residence doors with their names on them. And it was just like, I'm embracing diversity, but this is me, you know, so accept, accept me at the same time. I did... A lot of programs on diversity and having my professors that I like to come in and talk to my students. So I know when I pledge, like one of my professors who taught a diversity class, she was an AKA. I did not know, had no idea. Cause I know I tried to book the system one day and leave her class and was like, girl, it's a yard show going on. We freshmen. You gonna make us stay at the class on a Friday? You you need to let us go. Like, you need to you need to let us go and be on the scene. And she was like, You can go after my class. So I know I ran about the class with a couple of girls who I was just kicking it with in class, like freshman classes and stuff like that. We had the same classes. So I went on to be a student. I produced a fashion show with my co-chair, D. 
and we working together now on another show. But we were both very, very fashion forward and moguls. Like he was studying business. I was in the Fogelman School of Business. We were around each other. He pledged Omega Sci-Fi the same time that I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha. And it just worked. So we did a show. And the summer prior to the semester going into the show, I did a study abroad in West Africa with Dr. Mensenfer um, and a couple of other sorors who are very close to me now. And I wanted to stay stay abreast of the diversity and individuality and really just accepting yourself and loving on yourself but also being open to the dopeness and the love that other people have to share with a focus in fashion so it was four scenes four different locations aside from Memphis um, with the idea of fashion week and the designers and the boutiques that participated in the show had fashion shows at the fashion week which you know Some of those artists now have done fashion shows at these fashion weeks. Can I get a hello there? Okay. So we have Fashion Week New York, Fashion Week Tokyo, Fashion Week uh, Milan, and Fashion Week Africa. So we had to depict street looks within these cities. We produced a short film before the school year started. So the first Black Student Association meeting, all the new students who came into school could see it. I was an RA at the time, so I knew all the new residents that stayed in my dorm, the guys and the girls, because I saw them at check-in, so I knew that they were freshmen, and I didn't want them to go through what I went through. So I was like, come be a part of my show, audition, audition, are you a freshman, audition, just do it, and yo, the cast was lit. Like, that made the show the people that was in the show. Some of my pro fights was in the show because they just wanted to rock with the kid. Folks that I went to high school was in the show because they was rocking with the kid. So, you know, it was my connects. You had D, his amazing personality, his strong strengths, his talents, his connects, his folks. I mean, easy on the eyes. So the girls was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the show. And I had some dudes, too. I was like, do my show. And it was like, okay. I even had this fly, fly white boy, nice beard, super tatted. We had people from other ethnicities. My homegirl, Kiera, who's Latino, she was in the show. I think we had um, a few Asians in the show, uh, African in the show. My homegirl from high school, Raina, she goes by Reka Sun. She's a designer now, but she was singing and modeling in the show. It was just an expulsion of raw Memphis talent, the best makeup artists backstage, beating faces, the dopest hairstylist backstage, slaying hair. I know time kind of got off, and our hair can take a long time. So I, I even hopped on the flat iron curling iron, you know, I did a trick or two with my combs. We had DJ Devin Steele from K97 on the stage rocking the show. Just an overall dope experience where I was able to pull all the things that I like and love that I share in common with other people to showcase their talents and just express my love in one in one area. So that grew me as an entrepreneur. It grew me as a businesswoman. We had funds that were allocated and had to be 
categorized and separated into a budget. We stayed within our budget. We didn't over succeed our budget. We had money in place for incidentals. I know a dress, I think, got ruined or it walked away where I had to write a check for it and be there like the next day or within the next two days because I didn't want to break that relationship with that boutique owner who's amazing. Um, Lex Boutique downtown. Got some cute clothes if you need somewhere to go. And just small things like all the things that you don't really think of that cost money, cost money. The runway costs money. A security costs money. Flyers, advertisement. Uh, we had swag bags for VIP sections to make VIP feel good. Having De- Devin Steele there was money. Having another DJ. Um, a lot of things, but we made it happen. It worked, and I learned moving forward as an aspiring business owner in multiple businesses. These are things you got to account for. And you also have to work with other people. I had a committee. Everybody's smart. You got some smart people in this committee. If you go to University of Memphis, you smart, period. So we all were studying different things, but we all had something different to bring to the table. People older than me, people that have probably been doing this longer than me. But at that point, I was the leader and I was, quote, unquote, in charge. I didn't really know at first necessarily how to be a leader until life started happening. My mom had a stroke at the time. She was rehabbing, you know, working on her memory and her speech, just wanting to be there for her, still trying to be a student, pass my classes, pledging, having sisters, and, you know, just trying to be a good sister to my sister, having these new relationships. So much happened that I was really literally forced to take a step back. And with that, I found a voice. I found a voice of reason to know how to delegate tasks. You know, this person is good at this. They say they're going to do it. Trust they're going to do it. Move on to the next thing because you got more things to worry about. It got down to the point in my show where it was brought to my realization that all of my models who have been selling tickets, who have been taking the time out of their schedule to be at rehearsals on time, did not have outfits to wear the day of the show. So, D held it down. You know, he had great a great relationship with pretty much everybody that was there, committee and models. I didn't need to be there. I think we had a photo shoot that day. I left. Like, one, driving clears my mind. <laughs> um, just being out in the open kind of clears my mind. And my, my passion is fashion. So, I got on down the road i went to um a boutique downtown another one in midtown got a contract with the one in midtown which was a new uh store i went into urban outfitters i couldn't get that contract which was cool i think they were asking something that was just way out of reach so i secured the location that was next to it went downtown to another boutique and just started pulling outfits pulling outfits pulling outfits putting stuff together like these people are going to be seen and they're going to be seen more than once and hopefully they seen more than twice if they getting people to pack out this building for us to make this money this money okay so it happened it really 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 happened and i learned this is how you work with people this is how you get something done so from there you know i've had other jobs i was still an ra i worked at aldo as a sales lead that was my first 
more responsible job. I wasn't just a sales associate, so I, you know, could have more responsibilities like going to the bank, opening and closing in the store. Being in charge was still being being chill and cool and being around a whole, 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 whole lot of shoes. A lot of shoes. Uh, shoes accessories things like that which was dope because I love shoes and from there fashion wise I worked for Michael Kors I worked as a um, wardrobe stylist and a sales associate so now I'm around high-end clothes shoes and handbags I had to learn more about handbags and that was just so cool to me so now I'm ready I'm ready. I've covered all the things that I want to sell as a, a fashion designer to have a clothing line. I don't have to. I don't have to do that no more. I mean, I could, but that's me me giving more time to somebody else's name, somebody else's brand, somebody else's legacy. And right now, it's time for me to really give it give it to me to my family. My mama deserve it. My unborn kids deserve it. My husband deserve it. My daddy deserve it. My brother, my nieces and nephews, everybody deserve it. So, you know, I'm ready to sell a handbag. I'm ready to sell an evening gown. I'm ready to sell a tuxedo. I'm ready to sell a beautiful blouse. I'm ready to sell a perfectly fitted pair of jeans. I'm ready to sell some loafers. I'm ready to sell handcrafted heels. I'm ready to sell platforms. You feel me? And now I'm also gravitating into makeup. This is an empire. An empire does not stop at one thing. I'm into makeup now because I'm more comfortable with wearing it. I've been wearing hair for years. I've been fashioning, wearing fashion colors, you know, selling looks, putting looks together. That's my marketing. That's my PR. I'm my PR. I'm my model. I am high right couture. So the time is pretty much now. And I'm going to wrap this up by saying take every experience that you have on it and apply it to life. Full throttle, no looking back. And the only reason that you ever need to look back is to see how far you come. Be blessed. Two fingers up for peace. Have love. Give love. You are loved.